Today I want to speak to you about worry, as you might have guessed from that passage. Last week we considered Jesus' clear teaching on forgiveness and how we are to forgive as we've been forgiven. And this week the topic is worry, and specifically what does Jesus Christ say to us about worry? Worry is something that can affect us all, can't it? Whoever we are, however we experience, however experience we are in the Lord, um, even for Christians trusting in God, we can find ourselves victims of worry. To be worried is to be anxious about something, isn't it? To doubt it, to be troubled. And our, our word worry comes from an Anglo-Saxon word meaning to strangle or to choke. It's really interesting to me that Jesus said that the cares of this life, the concerns of this life can choke the word of God. That's what worry does, it chokes us. And while we need to be attentive to life's concerns, worry can choke the joy out of life, can't it? And hasn't this been a year, on top of everything else in our lives that we could worry about, hasn't this been a year of worry? 15 months, if not longer, of potentially fear and worry as a daily death count has been played out on the news. Um, in one survey last year, it showed that the average British person thought that the death rate for COVID was 100 times higher than the reality. We've been living with fear, haven't we? With worry. Now, as we look at history, there are some rulers, some kings and queens, some monarchs, presidents, who like to rule by fear because fear keeps the subjects in place. Well, Jesus isn't like that. King Jesus does not want us to be worried. He does not want his people to fear. So we're gonna go through this passage today and we're gonna see what does Jesus say about worry. So let's pray, shall we, as we begin. King Jesus, we ask that you would speak today even as I speak, King Jesus, you would speak today, we ask, that you would comfort every troubled heart, that you'd speak so specifically into every situation by your Holy Spirit, and that you would lead us to honor you in our response. We give you this time. Amen. Amen. So as we go through this passage, we're gonna see that Jesus gives three commands about worry. We're gonna spend most of our time on the first one, where he gives us three commands about worry. Are you ready for the first one? Jesus said this to his disciples. Therefore I tell you, do not worry. Here's the first command. It's very profound. About worry, Jesus says, don't do it. That thing called worry? Yeah, cut it out. Jesus says, do not worry. Do you ever worry? Yes, me too. Guess what the last thing I was worried about? This sermon. I was worried about whether I'd get it done on time. It's been a very busy week. I've been worried about it. And maybe like me, when you are worried, being told to stop worrying might not seem very helpful. You might get a bit sarcastic. You mean the solution to my worry is just to stop doing it? Thank you so much, Jesus. You mean I've just got to cut it out? Let's not get ahead of ourselves. There is a command here to obey. Jesus says, do not worry. But when we read this command in the context of the passage, it carries this sense. When you're trusting in God, you do not need to worry. Or maybe you could put it like this. We're all tempted to worry, but if you're a Christian, you do not need to remain worried. And that Jesus gives us all sorts of reasons why we can trust God. He gives us all sorts of reasons why we don't have to worry. And we, this sermon's quite simple, really. We're just gonna go through them together as we go through the passage. So as Jesus says, do not worry, he gives us, as I've seen, eight reasons. And here's the first. Why are we not to worry? For Christians, why don't we have to worry? Well, it's verse 22 again. Jesus said, therefore, I tell you. Why don't we have to worry? Because Jesus tells us not to worry. 
because Jesus tells us not to worry. And we might want to say, Jesus, thank you so much. That's very helpful. I could have told myself that. In fact, I think Bob Marley once told me not to worry. He wrote a lovely little song about it. And he said that three little birds sat on his doorstep and said, don't worry about a thing because every little thing is going to be all right. But here's the point. It's not Bob Marley saying, don't worry. It's Jesus Christ saying, don't worry. We need to see who this command comes from. Jesus said, therefore, I tell you. Jesus Christ tells you not to worry. It's all a question of authority. I said this week, I was worried about my sermon. Don't take this the wrong way, any of you. But if you had told me this week, Tim, don't worry about it. You don't have to do the sermon. I wouldn't find that very helpful. I wouldn't listen to you. But if Jago told me, Tim, you don't need to worry about it. I'll take it off your hands. I would listen. Why? Because he's the one in charge under God around here. He's the one with authority. He's my pastor and my boss. If the one who can make a difference tells you not to worry, you can trust it and you can listen. If the one with the authority, with all the authority, tells you not to worry, you can trust it. Bob Marley doesn't tell us just to worry today. Jesus Christ tells you today, do not worry. Jesus Christ, the one who is in charge, the very word of God, the one through whom all things were made, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, God of the universe, the one who's been given all authority by the Father, says to us, do not worry. We don't need to worry today because Jesus tells us not to. What else did Jesus say? Let's have the whole command. Jesus said to his disciples, therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you'll eat, or about your body, what you'll wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? So when Jesus says don't worry, he's especially talking about the material circumstances and details of our life, particularly the things we need to live, like food and clothes. Do you remember the Lord's Prayer? Give us today our daily bread. That's what he's talking about, our daily bread, the things we need. And he says, don't worry about them. Why not? Well, here's our second reason not to worry. Jesus said that life is more than food. And he said the body is more than clothes. Jesus says you don't need to worry because life is more than what you'll eat and what you'll wear. There's more to life than that, says Jesus. Now we might not find that necessarily very applicable, but remember Jesus is speaking to the poorest of the poor. There wasn't really the middle class in those days. There was the rich people and then basically there was everybody else. People, these were people for whom they wouldn't know where their next meal was coming from. They might only own one set of clothes. And Jesus says, don't worry, because life isn't about those things anyway. Life is more than that. And it's here we see a pattern in Jesus' reasoning. He starts making contrasts between greater things and lesser things. So he says, is is not life more than food? Is not life more than food? So life is the greater thing, and food is the lesser thing. So he says, don't worry about what you'll eat, because life is more than than food. Life is greater, food is lesser. And then he says, don't worry about what you'll wear because your body is more than clothes. So the body is greater and our clothes are lesser. He continues this pattern as he says this. Consider the ravens. They don't sow or reap. They have no storeroom or barn. Yet God feeds them. Are you ready for the pattern? And how much more valuable are you than birds? Here's the third reason not to worry. We are valuable to God. 
Here's why we're not to worry. We are valuable to God. Now, the reason Jesus was talking about birds and storerooms and barns is because he's just been teaching on those things. He's told a few parables. But I just imagine him as he's teaching. He might have to, you know, he might be pointing to the birds who are in the trees. He says, consider them. Maybe they're off in the distance. Maybe they're flying. He says, consider the birds. They don't sow or reap. They don't have to work for their food like we have to work for our food. And yet, he says, God feeds them. They don't go hungry. And how much more valuable are you than the birds? There's the pattern of the greater and lesser again. We are greater and the birds are lesser. And Jesus says that God cares for the birds. He cares for creation. But you're more valuable than that. You're valuable to God. Here's a lovely point. One commentator I read suggested that ravens that Jesus speaks about might have been the most common bird of the day. And Jesus was speaking to very humble, common poor people and he was saying to the people who might think of themselves as the lowest and the most common who might not think of themselves as significant or special in any way certainly by the world standards he says to them you are valuable to God how much more valuable to God are you than the birds and Jesus says the same thing to us today and then he says and listen out for the pattern again of lesser and greater he says this Consider how the wild flowers grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you, not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, how much more will he clothe you? And then he says with love in his heart and affection in his voice, you have little faith. How much more will he clothe you, says Jesus? That's the pattern We are greater, and the grass of the field, or some translations say the lilies, they are lesser. Here's why we don't need to worry. Because just as God clothes nature, something which is so temporary, how much more will he clothe us? He clothes the grass of the field, and he will clothe us. Jesus' point, again, is so simple. You can imagine him just turning around. Next time you're on Clapham Common, do this. Isn't it so beautiful at the moment? It's like spring has sprung and now we're here into summer and to me it feels like everything is in full bloom. It's beautiful. Maybe you'll go on holiday this year and hopefully you'll be in nature and you'll see how beautiful it is. And when you're in that place, let Jesus speak to you again and says, if that is how I can clothe nature, which is so temporary, how much more can I clothe you? If that is how much I make nature beautiful, which will change by the next season, because yes, it's beautiful at the moment, but come autumn, come winter, the trees, the, the leaves will be off the trees. It'll feel dead again. It's temporary. But God makes it beautiful. He clothes it and he says, how much more will I clothe you? And just remind yourself, the way God clothes us isn't just physical clothing. He clothes us in his righteousness and his holiness. When he forgives us and he sets us free as we trust in him, he clothes us. He brings us a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. How much more will your heavenly Father clothe you, says Jesus. Don't worry. And it's here I want to encourage you. Remind yourself, look back on your life, and see where God has provided for you. 
Look back at what God has done and remind yourself, God has given to me again and again and again. It might not have always been the way I thought, but he's been there and he's been faithful to me. He has clothed me. He has forgiven me. He has delivered me. He has provided for me because he promises to. How much more valuable, says the Lord to us, are you to me? And here's the fifth reason not to worry. Jesus said, worry is futile. Don't worry, because worrying is futile. He said in verse 25, who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to your life? Since you cannot do this very little thing, why do you worry about the rest? Somebody wants to put it like this. Worry is like a rocking chair. It'll give you something to do, but it won't get you anywhere. And Jesus says the same thing. As you worry, you can't even add an hour to your life. Who's the only person that can add an hour to your life? God the Father in the power of the Spirit. And again, there's a, there's a comparison here, although it's not quite as obvious, between the lesser and the greater. In this case, we are the lesser and God is the greater. We can't even do a very little thing, like add a tiny bit to our life by worry. And therefore, Jesus says, worry is futile. So don't worry. Who of you can add a single hour to your life? But Jesus says, though, trust, though your worry might be futile, my power is not. Do not worry, he says. And then he says this in verse 29. And do not set your heart on what you'll eat or drink. Do not worry about it. For the pagan world runs after all such things, and your father knows that you need them. Here's another reason why we don't need to worry. Your heavenly father knows what you need. Your heavenly father knows exactly what you need. Far better than you do, actually. Far better than you do. Jesus says, your father knows that you need these things. And he says, don't be worried. Don't believe the lie of the enemy that you're invisible to God and he doesn't see you and he doesn't hear your prayer. The word says, cast your cares onto him because he cares for you. Let God do your worrying for you. Let him take the burden. Let him take the strain. He knows exactly what you need, says Jesus. And then here comes this promise. Here's why we aren't to worry. God, Jesus says, he will provide for us. God, your heavenly father, will provide for you. He says, for the pagan world runs after all such things. Your father knows that you need him, but seek his kingdom and these things will be added unto you as well. These things, I've given the old translation. He says, these things will be given to you as well. Not only will he give you the kingdom, but he'll give you what you need. He will provide for you. He will provide for you. If you remember the, from the Sermon on the Mount, as Matthew records it, it says it like Jesus said this, seek first the kingdom and its righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Jesus says you don't need to worry about your life because as you seek the rule and reign of God, which is his kingdom, all the things we can be so tempted to worry about will be provided for by God. Don't worry, says Jesus. God will give you what you need. And here we need to acknowledge that how often can we be tempted to play at God? And we forget that it's God who provides and it's not us. We don't often pray the prayer, Lord, give us today our daily bread because we're too busy giving it to ourselves or at least thinking we do and forgetting that it's God who provides our daily bread. We need to trust that God ultimately is our provider and not us. So our Heavenly Father knows what we need. He'll provide for us. But Jesus also shows what God has done. He says in verse 32, 
Do not be afraid, little flock, for your Father has been pleased to give you the kingdom. Let this verse minister to you today. Let Jesus put your life into perspective. When Jesus says the kingdom, what he's talking about is, it's another way of talking about salvation and coming into the family of God and coming under the rule of God. And he's talking about the riches that God gives us as we come into his family. Ephesians says that he has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ Jesus. And Jesus says, you don't have to worry because my father, it was his good pleasure to bless you, to make you rich in the kingdom, to give you the kingdom. He says, little flock, Jesus, your good shepherd says to you, it was your father's delight. It was his good pleasure to give you those things. It was his good pleasure to give you the kingdom of God. And this means two things for us. As you've believed in Jesus Christ, God has already given you the most important thing you need, eternal life and a relationship with him. So why do we worry about anything else? When we've already got the thing we most need, why do we worry? And that's why Jesus says in verse 33, sell your possessions, give to the poor. You've already, you're already rich in the kingdom. And remember, he's speaking to poor people and saying, give everything away. He's not speaking to the rich. Why? It's because he's saying, you're rich in God. Your father's been pleased to give you the kingdom. You already have what you need. And here's the second point for us. If God has been pleased to give you the kingdom in Jesus Christ, why would he withhold anything else? If he's already been pleased to give himself, he's already given you himself on the cross. Jesus came for you and he said, I'll give my life for you. I'll give my life as a ransom for your life. And if he's done that for you, why do you worry about anything else as if he doesn't have the power to provide it? If he doesn't have the care to you to provide it? God has been pleased to give us the kingdom. Jesus says, do not worry. He commands us, do not worry. And he says, you don't have to worry about anything because God will take care of you. The one with all authority says to us, don't worry. Your life is more than your stuff. You're valuable to God. He says, God will clothe you. God will feed you. God says, I know what you need. I know it better than you do. And I promise to provide your daily needs just as I was pleased to give you the riches of my kingdom. Do not worry. Now, how do we apply this? How do we make this effective? How do we become people who don't worry? Here's one approach. I wonder if you've heard this. There was once a man who was a chronic worrier. He would worry about anything and everything, and you could see it on him. And then one day, his friends saw him, and they said, he's whistling. He looks relaxed. What on earth has happened? That can't possibly be our friend. He looks far too relaxed to be him. And then they looked a bit closer and said, it is him. So they approached him and said, look, what's happened? Why aren't you worried? And he said, well, I've actually begun paying a man to do my worrying for me. You mean you aren't worried anymore? He said, no, 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 no. But whenever I'm inclined to worry, I let him do it for me. How much do you pay him? They asked. He said, well, it's quite expensive. It's 15,000 pounds a week. 15,000 pounds a week? They said, how on earth can you possibly afford that? Aren't you worried about that? And he said, no, 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 no. I can't possibly afford that but that's his worry. Wouldn't it be great if we could pay someone to do our worrying for us? Wouldn't it be great if we could just offload that to someone? And in a very real sense, we can. We can cast our cares and concerns onto Jesus Christ. And we can do it for free because of the grace of God. 
But Jesus says, if you want to become a kind of person who doesn't worry, he actually points to something much deeper. He said he points to our hearts. If the first command of this passage is do not worry, here's the second command. Jesus says, and do not set your heart on what you'll eat or drink. Don't worry about it. For the pagan world runs after all such things and your father knows that you need them. Here's the deeper diagnosis that Jesus does. He doesn't just talk about our worry. He talks about what we've set our hearts on. And by that, he means the things that we treasure the most or the things that we run after, as he describes the pagan world doing. The things that we pursue, that's what running after means. The things that we cherish the most, the things that we value the most. And Jesus says, don't make any earthly thing the thing that you value the most. Because, in verse 34, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So if you treasure something earthly, any good thing, that's where your heart will be. Ultimately, where your heart is, that just means the thing that you love the most, the thing where your affections are, the thing where your time is, the thing that you'll think about. And this could be anything in our life, and it could be a very, very good thing. It could be the job that God's provided you with. It could be the family that God's provided you with. It could be about the house. And there are good concerns in life, aren't there? You know, concerns for our family, concerns for our children, concerns for our job, concerns for our neighbor, concerns for our health. There are so many good, give, uh, so many good things that God gives us, and we should be concerned about them. We should work towards them. When Jesus says, don't worry, he's not saying, suddenly take your hands off the wheel of your life and don't do anything. You know, don't provide for the people around you. But what he says is, don't make any good thing in your life an idol. That's what he's talking about. Don't make a good thing an ultimate thing, which is ultimately what idolatry is. Even with something as good and as rich, say, as our families, we can be tempted to make them an idol. Or our children. Or the things we own. We can do it with everything we like. The human heart is an idol factory. And Jesus says, do not set your heart on what you'll eat or drink. And we might not be concerned today about what we're going to eat or drink. But ask yourself, what have you set your heart on today? What's the most important thing in your life? And if you're not sure how to work that out, work, ask yourself, what am I worried about? Because you will worry about the thing and you'll be concerned for the thing that is important to you. But here's the thing. If, it isn't, if, if what we worry about isn't God, we'll worry about it. If it's an earthly thing, we'll be people of worry. Why? Because every earthly thing we have, even if it's very good and it's God-given, is vulnerable. Jesus said, provide purses for yourselves that will not wear out. A treasure in heaven that will never fail, where no thief comes near and no moth destroys. Where no thief comes near and no moth destroys. In those days, you literally put your treasure in the ground. They didn't have banks, they didn't have safes. If you had your clothes, which were a treasure, or money, you'd literally dig a hole in the ground and you'd put it in there. And guess what? If you put things in a hole in the ground, they can be attacked and they'll degrade. And it's the same with everything else in our life. Any earthly thing, things can go wrong. You can lose your job. You can lose your children. You could lose your parents. You can lose your safety and security in anything. Our earthly things will fade. They will wear out. And therefore, if that's what our trust is in, if that's what our hope is in, if that's what our identity is in, if that's where we've put our heart, we will worry about them. And so Jesus says, don't set your heart on those things. 
Don't make good things ultimate things. Be concerned for them, but put God first. This is what he says. This is the final command. He says, but seek his kingdom and all these things will be given to you. This is the priority, says Jesus. Don't set your heart on earthly things. Don't worry about them, but seek first the kingdom of God and God will give, give you everything you need to do that. And this is a call to surrender our lives to God and get and say, God, I wanna seek your will and not my will. God, I want what you want. I want to pray your kingdom come and your will be done with everything in my life. I want your priorities to be my priorities. And I want everything I hold in my life to be held lightly because I know that I wanna store up for myself treasures in heaven because that's my ultimate destination. I'm not trying to build up for myself riches here because this isn't it. God, I'm headed to where you are headed. So God, would your kingdom come in my life? Would your kingdom be the thing that I'm prioritizing? Would it be the thing that I'm praying about? And as we do that, slowly and slowly and surely, we'll become people who do not worry because we can have total trust in God because he is faithful to us. We won't worry when we're trusting in God ultimately because he is totally trustworthy. So today, let me encourage you to look at your heart, to look at the things that you value the most. And to pray humbly to God again, God, I surrender them. I lay them at your feet and I put you first in my life. And I trust that as I do that, you will provide for me all the things I need. I trust Jesus that you care for me. I trust Jesus that I am valuable to you. I trust Jesus that you will provide what I need. And I seek your kingdom first and not my own kingdom. I seek your will and not my will. And Jesus promises that as we do that, he'll provide. Do not worry, says Jesus to us today.